It's time to get on the ice. Music City Gold is on the air. With Kyle Hancock, Daniel Mangrum, and Matt Bain. We are Smashville's best fan-driven podcast. Featuring news around the league, the Predators, and the occasional hot take or two. Part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. You're listening to Music City Gold. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Music City Gold on the Penalty Box Radio Network. I am your host, Kyle. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, guys. You're very chipper today, Matt. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been a great day. <laughs> so you got your um, favorite uh, Jack Eichel sweater on, which little, we'll talk about a, later. A little foreshadowing. That's right. The a last time you're going to be seeing my boy Jack Eichel in this Buffalo Sabres jersey right here. So to honor that, I got the Vegas hat on top to show you where he's coming from and where he's going. So what made you get the Eichel jersey? Oh, I've had it. You just, uh, you tend to not wear Sabres jerseys very often. So <laughs> you guys haven't ever seen it, I guess. To be fair though, not very many people grow up saying they want to be a Buffalo Sabre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just crazy. And kind of the Islanders too, really. If you're, you know, it's almost, if you're going to be a New York fan, you need to say you're a uh, Rangers fan. That's just about all there is to it. There's just so many New York teams, let's be honest. I mean, they got a lot of choices, so. And then we'll swing over to you, Dan. How's your day been going? Well, yeah. So I'm just happy to be here. So my wife was involved in a minor car accident here earlier. So it was not her fault. She got hit from behind, but the car is a little worse for wear. It's definitely not in mint condition anymore. So uh, I don't even have my iPad tonight. I'm just kind of here. I'm disheveled and, you know. Waiting on the insurance to call back, and it's, you know, by golly, we're going to get this episode out, okay? We got good hockey news to talk about tonight. Did, uh, did the driver get like a five-minute major for hitting from behind, or did you blow the whistle on him? Or? Dude, it, it was crazy, and it took forever, too, because, like, apparently, like, his car was registered to two, di- like, the tags were registered to two different vehicles. Like, how does that even happen? I, uh, who knows? Anyway, of course, everything that could happen to delay it has happened today, but everyone's Okay. There's insurance, you know, that's what we buy it for. And uh, we're here to talk hockey and we got some good news, but man, it, yeah, it, it's not a fun day to have a car wreck. I'll put it like that. So, and I'll go ahead and say that my day has been pretty well. Just work from home, my pajamas, got ready for the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Kyle. I picked you up too, by the way, you even did. after the wreck. Thank you. So you're welcome. But guys, we would be remiss if we don't talk about the biggest wreck that's going on in the AHL right now. And that is Chicago Blackhawks sexual abuse scandal. Like I've always said, if you live underneath the rock and you haven't heard about this, it's been going on for several weeks and months now. This story has slowly been building steam. Yeah. Rick Westhead has done a great job getting the story out. And finally, it broke out. And I'm surprised that the Blackhawks as a team are still standing. Yeah, it's been ugh, it's been a week for the NHL. It's been an absolute dumpster fire. Um the report is pretty telling. I mean, it is a massive report. How many pages was it? I think we're at like 170 page report. I mean, this is insanely detailed. It was done by a third party. Um, basically, the Blackhawks got fined. Uh, I think that is now solidified at $2 million, correct? Which is basically a slap on the wrist. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's crazy. We, we've we been going back and forth as trying to figure out like, you know, what it should have been, honestly. Like if you're looking at some of the other 
previous fines for other teams. Like you have some $3 million fines for like circumnavigating the cap and you have the coyotes thing, you know, a couple years ago. So it has been, like I said, an absolute dumpster fire for the league, uh, which we can talk about a little bit here in a few, but Bettman is also under fire. I mean, it, it is, it is crazy this week. In the hockey. NHLPA executives under fire too. Yes. The players today just said they are going to authorize an independent investigation of their own. To see how much the, uh, Don Fair knew about it. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, nobody was going to come out of this a winner. This was like a lose, a lose, a lose all across the board for everybody. Since the name has been revealed, Kyle Beach was an AHL black ace, is the um, claimant in the uh, lawsuit that's being put against former video coach Brad Aldrich. You can go find the report online. Uh, we won't dive too much into it. That's massive. Yeah, I read it. Oh, I know we all read it. And it, to me, what amazed me is that at the end of the day, and this is kind of took a, this is kind of how I feel about it. If somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, this has happened, and it's a serious issue, you are obligated to report it. You are obligated to make sure it's followed up on." And what's amazing to me is that you had all these executives, including Coach Quinville, in a room after the Stanley Cup Finals had been a punch for them. So they're going to the finals. They find out about this, and they all decide that. The final is more important than trying to deal with this. And they only report it until three weeks later, which then Brad Aldrich is let go and he goes on to commit other crimes in the USA hockey and in a high school where he was arrested for third and fourth degree uh, sexual assault. assault. Uh, Yeah, yeah, sexual assault. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely crazy at this point that this continued on. Uh, I mean, mostly the report was detailing like how much the top brass knew about it. I mean, this this went all the way to the top. Um, and I think what I was saying too, like one of the points I made is I'm not going to be surprised if more stuff doesn't come out about any other organization, which ironically enough, as soon as this broke, there was smoke coming from the Penguins organization and they had a press release and that, first of all, didn't, look good for whoever's doing PR. Can I just, can I just throw this out there? Whoever's doing PR for the Blackhawks organization for Batman or for the Penguins, they are not doing a good job right now. And, um, yeah, it's just, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be other incidents that come to light because of this. Um, because this has probably not been the first time and the only time. And unfortunately it probably won't be the last time that something like this happens. Um, and the Batman, the Batman press conference, was a train wreck too. Oh yeah, like it was one thing go, after another. Yeah, it, it was really bad. Um, not a good look. He didn't look strong at all. He was very weak on answering the questions. He kind of deflected a lot. Um, well, I, that's kind of what I would expect. I mean, they're very lawyered up, and oh, you know, he is, I'm yeah. sure their their lawyers told them, "Hey, you know, you can't be admitting guilt or anything because that's like you know you're going to get sued. Or, you know, you can't admit." To fault because that's guilt and that means you're legally responsible mm-hmm. and so th- there's a bunch of like yeah. legal red tape that they were told but I, I think Elliot Freeman had a really good take on it he said you know as as the viewers and the fans of the game what we were looking for was a compassionate you know sorrowful response from the commissioner and what he gave was just a very legalized you yes. know yeah and and that wasn't he might have been told to do that but as a fan at the game, everybody wanted some compassion in that situation, which is which is what was needed, and he just fell short of that. So it was very stoic. It was very robotic, kind of like you said. I mean, definitely almost read from a prompt. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what it kind of felt like. And on top of that, too, like not to, you know, just dismiss the whole Blackhawks thing. Everyone, like I said, just go read the report. If you just want to, if you want to, you know, good lunchtime read, it's got 170 something pages out there. But Bettman's also come under fire even like in, you know, past years for like, you know, the drug usage. He also has this whole thing where he kind of hasn't been marketing the NHL really in a favorable light, which the owners have also taken offense to over the past several years. So, and the concussion, the concussion pro like there's a lot mounting up. That's basically okay. And he's also been the commissioner the entire time, which I mean, he literally 30 plus years, 30 plus years. So at some point you have to look at this and say, "Mm, is it time for change? I mean, like, and that's not just over the sexual assault thing you have multiple things now you have like yeah. the drug usage you have sexual assault you have not running it properly like business-wise too like i i think there is so much going against bettman right now that i don't see how he makes it out of this like honestly i i think it's going to go to a vote maybe for the owners and then hopefully like they actually get a new person who might be able to steer the league into a better a better position quite frankly especially marketing globally because i feel like that has been really slack i i mean they're just now started expanding with these, you know, the global series games. Now, granted, the pandemic has kind of slowed that down, but there's just so much stuff that they could be doing. And he's not, he just seems like he's just not doing much at all. And like, I mean, he even said too, he's like, well, we don't really have a policy in place for this. Well, I would hope you got one now. You better be making a policy now for this. You better be making a strategy for marketing. You better be doing all this stuff, but he hasn't been doing it. And I'm like, you've been commissioner for 30 years. Well, it's, they've just been sweeping beneath the rug. He's like a good old boy. Like, you always say that hockey is a good old boy system, and this is a case where it seems like it was when you've got teams and coaches saying, oh, that's terrible. This happened to the guy. We're really sorry about it, but we're going to focus on the cup right now, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. Like, that was wrong. And you can't say that it wasn't because you have an obligation to say this happened. And what really should have happened was is that the HR department for Blackhawks should have been told and then uh, Brad Aldrich is fired immediately. Yes. Yeah, and, so, and then should have been told to people that when they called the Blackhawks a job saying, hey, this happened because that's a legal and a moral responsibility to keep other people out of harm's way. Yeah. Let's just go over the results of what happened. Like, like let's just kind of go step by step because this, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on. So McDonough fired last summer. Okay. Um, you have the whole list. Kyle, just go ahead and read it though. It's easier. So, uh, President uh, McDonough was fired last summer for pedestrian reasons. Uh, McIsaac resigned. GM Stan Bowman stepped aside in quotes in a mutual agreement and resigned as GM. He also resigned as GM of the U.S. Olympic men's hockey team. Yep. Jay Blunk, who was the executive vice president, left the organization last summer for a new business. Jim Gary, who was the Blackhawks mental skills coach and counselor, is now being investigated by the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation, which licenses counselors, because he allegedly told Kyle Beach that the uh, abuse he suffered was his fault. Joel Quinville coached his last game in Florida and met with Bettman and then resigned promptly afterwards. That was a whole show in itself. The fact that he coached that last night, boy, it was a yeah. dumpster that fire was, online yeah. on that Twitter. Was not a small I, I was thing. like, oh my, I can't believe he's coaching this game. And. They definitely should have sidelined him just till he met with Batman. Like that was my whole thing. You just sideline him just till he met with Batman. Sidebar about that. I have a speculation. I've not heard anybody else say it, but I think he broke the record for coaching. He was he crossed he over to like record, three yeah. or four yeah. all time on the coaching list. 
because of that last game. And I wonder, I've not heard anybody say it, but I wonder if Bettman let him do that last game. Oh, that's to not give a good look. That's not that's a good not look. Not a good look. I'll never admit it, but that's pretty crazy timing. Oh, I mean, man. <laughs> like I was sitting there watching this game and I'm like, I don't know how this goes on. And the Boston fans were just giving it to him in the, like the chance. It was so bad. I'm like, Oh, literally. I think they were chanting at one time, like fire, uh, coach Q literally like in, that was the whole chant going through Boston. I'm like, this is just not a good look right now. So, uh, I mean, it's crazy. And then last but not least, Brad Aldrich's name was X'd off the cup officially. They showed pictures of it online. The X's were there. His name is no longer on the cup. Yeah. yeah. Not the first time this has happened, by the way, yeah. for people out there. This I was is, about to explain that. Yeah. Uh, this was kind of a contentious situation because uh, a lot of people like, I would think as a classic historian lover of the game, well, you can't change the history and all that. But what I didn't know uh, was that that had been done before. Apparently, the owner from an Oilers team mm-hmm. way before my lifetime put his father's name on the cup, which he, it shouldn't have been, so they X'd it off. And I didn't know that. I was thinking, well, you can't you can't tarnish, like a, you can't uh, redo this this piece of like hockey memorabilia history, but apparently it's it's been done before, so there's already precedent for it. So, And honestly, it's kind of a good compromise because you get his name crossed off, but it's still there. So you're kind of giving yourself a reminder, hey, this is what happens or, or whatever. So it, I thought that was a very interesting take. I really liked it. And I didn't know that my boy Lonnie Mustache McDonald was the, uh, whatever you call it, the chairman of the Hockey Hall of Fame. So it was his decision when the president of Chicago uh, Blackhawks, he, I guess he wrote him a letter and said, hey, can we can we take that off? And he was like, yeah, that's a great no stash. He's still rocking it, too. Did he you see the video with, with uh, Crispy the Terry other Crisp. night? Uh-huh. Oh, what a great. He, okay, so also sidebar, Crispy announced that he's not coming back next season for broadcasting, which super sad, by the way. He's literally my, like, he's the he, best. He's the best. Like, he's been one of the best ambassadors for the Nashville Predators, too. I mean, you got a Stanley Cup winning coach, too. Um, I think it was last season, too, when... um. They had the whole COVID thing going down and Chris Mason was out for a bit. He actually got to broadcast again and he was in the booth with Willie Don. I'm like, this is great stuff right here. You know, like it, it's, it's really going to be difficult not seeing him next season, but I mean, seeing him honored, you know, at the Preds game and then also in Calgary where he yes. was from and you had Lonnie there, man, what a, what a special moment for him. He had all of his family there in Calgary too. I think he said there was like 26 people in a booth. He had all of his grandchildren there. What a good guy. Can't say can't say enough about Terry Crisp. He's he's fantastic. Yeah. But there is plenty to say about the rest of the names being on the cups. So even though Aldrich's name has been taken off the cup with the X's, there are still people out there that would like to see several of the names we mentioned on off the cup as well. And by the way, you're talking about the PR. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves better learn how to do that PR too, because they messed that up too big time. I mean, yeah, it was all well and good that you um think Stan Bowman did you well, but to come out and say that, yeah, that's terrible what he did, but he's been good to us. Totally, totally the wrong thing to say in the situation. Well, wasn't the night that this all broke, both of them were benched or something? Uh, wasn't it conveniently? They were, they were benched for yeah. the uh, media scrum. And that was an extremely convenient timing. Yeah. I think they were both on COVID protocol. I think they played the know. next I, game, but uh, it's just one it, of those, it was convenient. Once again, it's yeah. just not another good look. Yeah. You know, and, like, and Duncan Keith uh, declined an interview saying he didn't have anything to add to the situation, but that, that didn't help. I mean, at the very least. Yeah, it, it's all damage control right now. Uh, I mean, that that's all it is at this point. But um, it's nice to see, though, some of the players reacting. Wayne Simmons said, 
Uh, he would like a neutral party to handle all future investigations into incidents around the NHL. Doesn't believe the league or team should make disciplinary actions on situations like that. So I, I definitely would agree. I think that would be awesome to set up like a full on third party, yeah. like oh, investi- investigating committee to prevent stuff like this in the future. Uh, it needs to happen. Bettman needs to get on this immediately. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he did that, the fact that there wasn't anything in place to begin with is kind of, kind of startling. Like, especially for a, an organization like the NHL, because I mean, they're massive. You know what I mean? Like any, any mid-sized company is going to have stuff like this in place. So, um, that just is what it is from a business standpoint. So let's get this up and going, have the third party, neutral party do handle everything. So that way you're not in the weeds. You don't have any of the organization's hands on it and you can get basically resolution a lot quicker and have everything reported more accurately because this is crazy. Okay. Well, boys, I think it's time. Uh, that subject has been, uh, talked about at length and at nauseum. So, uh, Let's switch it over for a minute to a little bit happier note, and that is uh, what we referenced earlier. My boy, Jack Eichel, is going home, son. Going home to Vegas. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. Um, It's kind of like, it it was a weird situation, and we kind of discussed it a little bit last time, how like the Sabres did not want to pay for this treatment that he wanted, and like the tensions have gotten to like a boiling point where, you know, it's just crazy. He wanted like, I think it was some sort of spinal fusion thing kind of, scenario um and it was really sad because it's the fact that like you have a young star who's not getting the treatment that he wants and he you know wants to be better and he i I don't know it was just crazy that buffalo was handling it the way they were um but somehow they have worked out ironically enough the perfect trade because somehow alex tuck is super excited about getting traded in this package and going to, to buffalo He's from upstate New York, so it makes sense. But this is a massive trade. And um, this is a huge shift for the Pacific. I'll just put it like that. Uh, I'm just surprised you guys knew Alex Tuck was from New York. I mean, maybe I did, that's, I did my research before this episode. Okay. <laughs> I, maybe I knew that like, you know, a couple years ago before he got traded, but I, I have such a terrible memory that there was no, it wasn't even close to me knowing that. <laughs> well, since Matt, you are a big Jack Ockle fan, what did you think about the return he got? So, uh, yeah, let's mention yeah, uh, this is crazy. the offer sheet. Yeah, so, two Golden Knights, uh, they get Jack Eichel plus a third-round pick conditional in exchange uh, the for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a first-round in 2022 conditional, and a second-round 2023 conditional pick. Yeah. So, conditions are if the 2022 is a first, is a top 10, then all picks in the trade push out a year. So it's it's extremely difficult to evaluate uh, who get the better half of the yeah, trade when you're talking injured. about when you're talking about injury potential. Yeah. Uh, you can see players like Crosby has had so many injuries that their career could be tarnished coming back hurt. Uh, but also to the point that there's so many moving pieces. You got uh, two draft picks, a first round, and a second round, and you just don't know what that's going to be yet. You don't know the draft class. You don't twenty twenty. Two draft class though that first round that's a big pick. is that the big one yeah that's the big one that Buffalo is wanting yeah um but if you look at this though like let's just put this in perspective Vegas has pulled the equivalent of going all in Vegas is going all in on themselves because this is this is crazy if you pull up basically Vegas's first round picks all time okay you're you're gonna love this one Vegas's first round picks all time Cody Glass has been traded for Nolan Patrick Nick Suzuki was part of the Max Pacioretty trade. 
Uh, Eric Brandstrom, part of the Mark Stone trade, 2018 first traded for Thomas Tatar. Um, Peyton Krebs, part of the Jack Eichel deal. Uh, I mean, this is crazy. So basically, Vegas has traded away every single first round pick they've ever gotten to get these large contracts on their file, and they are all in, baby. They they are giving away the farm. That's a, that's a big for, move for the cup. I mean, they really are. I, I mean, if you look at you're talking about first rounders in the future now and everything. I mean, they they are trading it all in. This is a classic Vegas move. You're in Vegas. All I'm going in, all. I'm going all in. <laughs> but what's crazy about it too is if you pull up. The cap for the Vegas Golden Knights right now. Do you know that they have twenty-seven million on long-term injury reserve? So they are trying. I quote, "To pull a Tampa Bay Lightning yeah, situation I, because you have Eichel and Stone and Max Pacioretty on long-term injury reserve. It's twenty-seven million. So something has to give for some of these players to come back. So you have to make a trade eventually at some point, but." Someone argued that you could have Jack Eichel have his surgery and then put him on, keep him on long-term injured reserve until the playoffs. Therefore, you trade away one person, you bring Stone back, and then you still have Eichel. I, I mean, it's yeah. crazy looking and, at the lineup. Looking at the lineup. And I mean, that's it's what not, I was saying. I wasn't. That's what I thought. I was looking at the list. I don't see William Carlson on the LTIR list, but I'm pretty sure he just broke his ankle. Uh, it says, yeah. Uh, if it broke his foot, it'll miss four to six weeks. So I think that's uh, LTIR material I as well. Remember. What's the minimum for LTIR? I think I'm it's 10 games or 24 days, something like that. I don't it's know. additional six million that'll go on LTIR. That's what anyway, I'm saying. They've it, got all their big dogs. crazy. But Eichel, though, his injury is the one that will sustain throughout the whole season, I think. And this is why it's a cup or bust. I mean, you are you are gambling everything. You've already thrown away the farm for a person who still has to have like some sort of spinal fusion, whatever neck thing. And then you're hoping that he comes back full force. Yeah. So, and still be good for the next several years because you, you're taking on a contract of $10 million a year through the 25-26 season. 2025-26. That's huge. So if they if they've already sold the farm on this kid and then he comes back slightly less than what he was because of the injury, oh man, not good for Vegas. So I mean they they have gone like I said, if this is all in for Vegas. I I mean it's it's entertaining to watch from a cap perspective, but I mean this is crazy. I I mean We'll see what happens too, but I'm just glad that Eichel's actually getting the treatment that he wanted to. Yeah, I'll just that, put it like that. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's the happiest. He almost, but did you see he almost played for Calgary? Oh, dude. Yeah, this came down to the wire, apparently. Yeah, you guys were telling me that. Yeah. So Kevin Weeks reported yesterday about 4 30 yesterday afternoon. He said, For all asking, my understanding is that the NHL Flames have Kachuk, who is a future potential captain, an upcoming first round pick, a former first round pick, and two. Two prospects in the Eichel sweepstakes. And then so, come to find out, uh, Kachuk was not on the list to be traded because so, they didn't want to like upset the apple cart in their core. So, and when asked about it, they said, well, we were going to get creative with it. And I'm like, what do you mean you're going to get creative with it? I'm like, that's you, not weren't, creative. you weren't even in the, I like that. That's how I'm like, I don't know how close, honestly, the flames were. To get yeah, that would have been anytime, one of those trades that uh, Kachuk would have found out through Twitter. He had been traded. Yeah. Any, anytime, uh, 
Kevin Weeks tweets a deal like that, or I, I don't believe him because the last two or three times that's happened, he's been kind of misled by his agent. I forget the last scandal with the situation like that, but he was being fed false information from his uh, former uh, manager or whatever. I always wait for a TSN person, let it be LeBron or Friedman or somebody like that before I, before I start getting interested in. But that's what I'd last heard uh, last week. The situation was, according to Elliot, that the talks with Vegas were going on, but they had kind of calmed down. So I guess uh, they ramped back up. And uh, for sure, I think it was the deal went down late at night. I think I got something on my Twitter, uh, 11 or midnight, 11 o'clock. It was coming in o'clock. late because I was in bed when yeah. I started seeing it. They just had to uh, make the call, I guess, to the league office this morning or what have you. But the main point here is that we're we're just happy for Eichel because yes. um, I know people like Leonard, Robin Leonard has been very open about wanting the league to step in and somehow mediate this to get this player help and, and being an advocate for for a Jack Eichel. And I think that's, that starts a really good precedent because we're talking about making change in the league for, for sexual assault victims and making hotlines available and things like that, being accountability. And Leonard, it took it on his own account to say, you know, I know that the situation's covered in the CBA and we can't do anything about it, but we really need to find some type of venue so we can advocate for players like not only Jack Eichel, but players in the future that are going to be in similar situations. So we're just happy that Eichel is on to new and better things. He can get the surgery once. He can play hockey again, get out of that dumpster fire at Buffalo. <laughs> so it's, it's and well, I mean, like even to bring it home for some of our fans here, like, could you imagine if the shoe were on the other foot and like one of our players, like, Yossi or Forsberg. or Forsberg or Soros had an injury and then our team literally was saying, no, we're, we just don't want it. Like, we're not going to pay for it. But that team's making a hundred million. I mean, the Blackhawks had a report that they were making 178 mil a year and they only got fined 2 million for the sexual assault. Ooh, that's, that's kind of hard to swallow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but you have situations like this where a player, like a star player who's a cornerstone, like if that happened to Yossi, there'd be picketing outside of Bridgestone. If that happened, to Pe- if that had happened to Pekka, you know, you you know, like, God forbid, you know, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, so it's nice to see this get resolved, finally have him move and and get the treatment that he wants to have done and then just wash his hands of Buffalo. And like I said, Leonard has been a very huge advocate on mental health, too. He's he's very active on Twitter. I've noticed that. Um, so it's good to see that there is progress being made. And hopefully this will set precedence for more, you know, uh, groups to be set up for the players association and everything that these players actually have more protection moving forward because I, I don't understand how this was not covered uh, honestly but um just a very bad situation all, all overall but he is now on a potential cup winning team so congratulations to eichel uh, yeah, i mean good deal good deal like good deal man you're on a good team you're going back home to vegas and you get the treatment you wanted so it checks every box for him I tell you what, boys, I'm looking at the at the cap friendly and I'm seeing that name. I, I texted you guys. I was watching the Vegas game the other day and I said, there, there's this kid's jersey. I'm looking at his name and I'm like, oh my God, my jaw dropped trying to figure out how to pronounce this kid's name. <laughs> and I just saw it here on cap friendly. It's Jake. I'm going to take a good stab at it. Jake oh, no. Lishishin. So <laughs> you see that on the back of a jersey. Uh, yeah, that's not an easy one to come across. That doesn't roll off the lips. That's a good one for oh, Kyle. Good I knew job. that would be Way tough. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like he was starting a car there. What <laughs> is going that's on? the first one. <laughs> so total sidebar, but I saw that. I was like, oh yeah, that's the guy from the other day. Uh, that's like the SNL skit. Uh, yeah, SK yeah. and a J. That's a nope. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's do that hockey. So yeah, no, it's absolutely crazy. But you know who's still doing that hockey? 
Alexander, it's like Kyle's already raising his hands. Alexander Ovechkin. Alexander Ovechkin. Matt, Bro. come on. He's doing great things. Oh, we had a debate about this in the chat earlier. Oh. I from Ty and Brett Hole. I didn't have a debate. It was them two. Let's just clarify. It's Kyle and Matt going back and forth. Well, so. we'll bring everybody into the debate. The debate was, who's the better player? McDavid or Ovechkin? <laughs> And we need to do a Twitter poll on this because I'm curious do. to what we're uh, going to set one up. Yeah. After. But we really weren't going that deep into stats. We were doing it based on what hardware they have. Just all feel, Just baby. all hardware and har- like all motion. Yeah. Like Kyle because, is over here. Like. Because it doesn't matter that McDavid has all this hardware. <laughs> he would trade it all if he could simply have the Stanley Cup, mm, which Ovechkin that. has. So that means just through feels and hardwise, Ovechkin's a better player than McDavid. No, no. I know he's on the all-time list, but it took him 25 freaking years to get there. Hold on. Mick you David, love the Russian players. Do. Don't <laughs> even give me that. You're laughing. Hey, because I'm trying I'm to like, make a case I'm here. like, hold on, hold on. Like, hold on. Who is some of the key players that you love from, from uh, the Red Wings? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. But I'm trying to make a point here. You, you sidebar me. So no, Mc, you mean, McDavid <laughs> has more hardware than Ovi, and he's been in the league like, what, five, six years? But it doesn't matter if McDavid never wins a cup. I don't care. Look. Dot Sook. Hey, look at he's this. La- he's laughing because what's his face? Oh, I said I didn't remember his name. Ovechkin can go in the Hall of Fame and he he will be laying it at night thinking about wanting to be the best player in the world. He's never been the best player in the world. McDavid is that and he's not even 30 years old yet. And McDavid lays in bed and I going, man, I wish I did, wasn't on a team that sucked and I could have a Stanley Cup. He's he's at least bringing him to the playoffs. I, you know, he'll change Has his Ovi mind. not one MVP. I mean, probably. What about Matt, it? That's the best player in the world. No, no, no. That's that's the best player as a playoff. That's that's the playoff. No, 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 no. The like regular season, no. like regular season MVP. Has he not won that? Kyle, pull know. it up. Like it, it was it was before uh, McDavid came in the league. By God, they have to be fair, or else McDavid would win it McDavid's every year. McDavid's like twenty five, and, and he's like thirty eight. He's still better than everybody else. I'm not going to argue that McDavid's like the better skater and all that and, stuff. And Kyle, like obviously, Kyle I mean, was telling me the story about well, you know, McDavid he might not win a cup, and I said, well, if you look at all the greats, all the top ten in history have all won a cup and the people who come the best players that have come the closest to winning a cup but haven't like you're talking like joe thornton level what about like 800 goals and the cup i don't think yager won a cup did he i'm not sure about that but anyway uh mcdavid is so far above that he will win a cup he's too good not to ovechkin just barely did but he also has 800 goals. Uh, that's true, but he's <laughs> also, also being like, fed I, up I on a silver platter from Backstrom, who's the best passer of all time, probably. Uh, Bro, we, we're going to... Yep. Like, 2018, Ovechkin oh. got the Conn Smythe. So he was the yeah, Conn... Conn so. Smythe is for playoffs. That's that's different. Doesn't matter. Best no, player in hockey. That's playoff. No, that's for playoffs. What about MVP? McDavid, Regular season. McDavid, Go back to Rose. McDavid did not make the playoffs in 2018. All right, we'll check here. I mean, but how many... <laughs> like, McDavid dude, like, is the is the most talented player to ever play the game. Gretzky was great, but he played in an era when people didn't have a lot of skill. Ovechkin is excellent at a one timer slap shot or snapshot. So he's who's a, the best goal he's scorer? He's a one trick pony. Best goal scorer is a different call. And and I said it's interesting. How do you define the best player? Is it hockey IQ? Is it goals? Is it skill? McDavid is the best skilled Ovechkin player. Ovechkin has got the MVP. Yeah, he's gotten it twice. So okay, oh eight, oh nine. Yeah. Okay. So it's one of those. It's one of those. McDavid's had it twice too. So they'll tie on that. Yes, they've actually tied on that. So, but what my argument is too, like if you look at McDavid, he's obviously the better skater. He's the better skills player. But if you look at like goals, obviously like McDavid's not going to topple like Ovi and goals. Like it's not even going to be close. He won't. Those are fighting words right there for That's you, man. That's fighting words. You're talking about the best player of all time. Point-wise, 
he's going to be higher than Ovi. But goal-wise, he won't be. Well. He, he's like, he's almost, he's the modern day Gretzky, if you think about it. Because assist-wise, like, he's going to be off the charts. Like, he, he really is. I, I mean, it, it's going to be unbelievable. I think Dom has him um, estimated at 140. Yeah, yeah he has like 140 points this year. Points this year. So, like, assist-wise, oh, yeah. don't even give me, who are, who is he feeding to? Is it Dreisaitl? Yeah. What to do? Yeah. Oh, is he, like, the number two points getter in the league? So? As, as but he's putting it up doing, on a though. silver platter. No, oh no, my! I don't no. even give him that. So you have Drysaddle too putting up monster numbers though too. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're both great. I mean, everybody for the Capitals is great though. Oilers is like a one line show. I know, but that one line produces all the points for that's that. how good McDavid is, and he can't that's drag how good a team to a It'll get there. They're making the playoffs. They're, when he got there, it was All a tire he needs fire. Is defense. Like, Come back like, to me in 10 years and we'll talk about this. I, we've, we've argued this to her blue in the face every postseason. What do the Oilers need? Defense. They've not had defense. If, if, Mc, if you put McDavid on any team with a halfway decent defense, like it, it's going to be you incredible. Know, but you know, the problem is McDavid's just so good that the team doesn't have enough money left over to pay anybody else. Because, because it's eating up because he's eating up the cap space at like 14 mil a year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. Like, we're not debating that point. Like, he is, if you just look at him skate, he's a walking highlight reel. I, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Some of the, I mean, when he gets going too, like he coils up, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, yeah. He, you're done. You're done. You can't get him, go, like, you got to stop him before he gets to that point. Um, but it is just nice to know that like, you know, this is the new mantle getting passed, honestly, because like Ovi's now on his way out and he's, you know, reaching the pinnacle of his career. This is the very, the twilight rather of his career where he's trying to catch Gretzky. And honestly, it looks like he might, cause he's come out firing this year in goals. I mean, it's been smoking hot start. He's about to pass Brett Hull. Can you believe that? I, I mean, yeah. They're both power play specialists. That's that's a good one for him to pass. I think they're very similar uh, style wise. Yeah. So okay, Matt. We'll skip over quickly the fact that Carolina is undefeated. <laughs> still, that's not a big deal. No one cares about Carolina. Them bunch, hey, I do. Them bunch of jerks. I love Carolina. I was. I tell you what. Sidebar. Shut up for a second. <laughs> Me and my wife were talking about Carolina. And she was like, "Man, Carolina's boring. Who likes them?" I'm like, "What are you talking?" She's talk? on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> watching. I said Carolina is the most exciting team in the league. Like them or hate them, but they are very exciting. The, well, here's the deal. And the Preds have played them a lot in the last year and a half because you got to think with the realignment. Uh, I think even Ekholm was like, "Bro, we have played them." Like it, it, we know Carolina because it just we had them in the playoffs. We had them yep. like several times during the division where you know you couldn't really travel that much with COVID. And then of course we started this year off with like several Carolina games. So I'm like I don't know who's been playing in that. Uh, but that said, Carolina's come out to a blazing hot I think start. They're eight no, they're eight no. Yeah, they're still they're still undefeated. So yeah, um, only undefeated team in the league. I think Florida lost once in and then in the shootout Edmonton. Has yeah. only lost once too, so there you have some really hot teams still right now. Um, and fortunately, which we'll get into in the Preds talk, Preds have played a lot of the hot teams here recently: uh, Calgary, Edmonton, uh, San Jose, and Minnesota, and ended up with three out of four wins from or uh, out of those. They actually were on a four-game win streak. Fantastic! So what a great rebound! Absolutely, they pulled themselves to a 500 team. I mean, after the uh, what I thought was a very terrible start to the season. The fact that we've kind of pulled it up makes me wonder if I should have named the episode last uh, time Team Mediocre because that's honestly what I thought. But then as we see them going through the next couple of games, they may not be Team Mediocre. Maybe well, they're finding their groove, especially 
with Matt Duchesne being on the wing now. Oh, seems yeah. Seems to be playing better. He, he's looking so good. And then Tanner Janot has been a beast. Yeah, well, like you said, at the start of the season, that's what we were looking at. That's what we all thought. Uh, but Saros has been playing extremely well. Duchesne has looked much better on the wing, which is what I said. He's kind of taken, he's he's filling a new role, slotting in for players who's not here anymore. He's filling their void, and uh, it's really having more success for him. And like I said, I'm on the Tanner Janot train, boys. Don't even get me started on this. <laughs> like, Are you really? Because glad. I changed the name of the account to a Tanner Janot fan account, and you were like, can we change it back? I don't like the name. Yeah. Um, for I'm all not. the listeners who didn't listen last episode, we, I have mentioned Tanner Janot since last season. And then Matt was like, who is this kid? Like literally in the chat, like last week, because you know, it takes him a little longer. He's kind of a Red Wings fan, but he got there and now he's on the, he's on the Tanner Janot train. Cause he's really been killing it on that bottom line. That, that herd line has been, been great. You guys have been but, starting the game with that line. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it almost sets precedence for how we want to play. And we've been very physical and the games have actually been really tight. Like, that's what you you want to see is very competitive, tight games. The defense has been ve- very solid. Uh, you know, uh, we had some off nights that one, especially that Jets night. Man, we got absolutely hosed that night uh, on the back end. But, you know, you, you got to kind of throw some of those games happen every now and then. But there are some major factors that are contributing to their success right now. And that's one's got to be the power play. We, we can't not it's mention doing good. We I think uh, we cannot last not I checked, it. they were sixth in the league in power play. Technically seventh now after tonight, but they are 25% on the power play. Congratulations. We haven't had this good of a power play in probably, I don't know, seven years. I, I can't remember the last yeah, time. It's been a long time. Um, and it is significantly different. That first power play unit in particular, you got your big guns out there. You got Matt Duchesne, you got um, Ryan Johansson, basically quarterbacked by Yossi. Uh, I mean, that's what it's been looking like. And the passing has been a lot crisper. I mean, tape to tape, you're getting high bumper slot shots, basically. They're trying to get great redirects. You're getting traffic in front of the net. I've noticed Granlin and Duchesne really going in hard, uh, crashing the net. It it just looks so much better. So, um, you know, th- that'll probably average out a little bit and it might cool off, you know, towards the end. But if you're if you're hitting 20% or more, I'm very excited about that. Um, and one of the other key things I have to point out is the fact that the people that should be scoring and contributing are, they're, they're stepping up. Uh, I know, like, if you talked to Johansson last year, he was extremely disappointed with his numbers and his performance. And I mean, he even said that too. I mean, he came out and said that he's on record, but if you look at the top five in points right now, you have Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, Mikhail Granlin, and Philip Forsberg. Those are the people that need to be scoring. You got your captain who's, who's he's gotten off to a smoking hot start this year. I mean, he's a point per game player right now, actually slightly above Matt Duchesne's been getting up there. He's been contributing on goals recently. Ryan Johansson's shooting more. He's got a great shot. We've been asking for it, and he's now shooting. Granlin's getting some of those down and dirty goals, and you still got all the assists coming in. Forsberg, still looking great. And then you're getting your secondary score. Look who's sixth on the list. Tanner Janot. Like Your boy, Matt. There yep. he is, Matt. He's got five points, but he's got four goals. Yeah. I, I mean, that's crazy. He's got as many goals as Forsberg right now. He has been a great addition um, a lot of people were kind of questioning why protect him, you know, in the draft. And that's very interesting. We went that route, but 
he is definitely turning out to be a key piece in the in the lineup this year, and it is just very comforting to see. You have uh, a lot of the younger talent getting good reps. You still have Tomasino getting in there. Fabro is still in the lineup. You still have um, Alexander Carrier stepping up big time in this lineup. Um, I mean, he's been paired practically with Yossi or Ekholm on any given night, and he's looked fantastic. Like, he hasn't missed a beat. So you have to be very optimistic for what you're seeing from all the rookies, and you have to be extremely excited to see all your key players contributing right now. And honestly, the last I look at some of the metrics, the the Preds' chances to get into the playoffs now have exponentially increased um, since then, um, just because a lot of our base metrics are leaning towards us winning more games than we thought we would. And yeah. like I said, we we just came through a hard stretch of some of the best teams in the league, and we had four out of five wins. That's incredible, especially after starting sub-500 with a lot of home games. And you can't forget, we also have some of the grit, too, because as you saw the other day, Matt, Burrowicki went oh, to town. Oh, my God. Burrowicki absolutely <laughs> destroyed Richie. That was, that was the most butt-whooping I've seen <laughs> Uh, in years. Dude, it was so good. It was so I, good. I was sitting there and I was not expecting it. And I was just shouting at my TV. And my wife was losing her mind. She was like, what is R- wrong R- with you? And Richie's I'm like... He's also the one who's always like trying to get people, right? He's always like that down yeah, and like he's, he's, he's like he's a scrappy like, you know, he's like the Ryan Hartman kind of you know Tom what I mean? Wilson type Tom person. Wilson kind of gets under your skin, you know, like, I mean, what Hartman the other night, did you see that dive he took? I think it was, yeah. was it on Yossi? Was it Yossi? I think it was. Oh, man. Like, I was laughing so hard because I was like, what a great sell. But, like, you got players kind of like that. Richie's kind of like that, dude. When he dropped the gloves, I was watching the World Series and and the game at the same time. I had it on the TV and was live streaming on my phone. And I saw him drop the gloves and it was Richie. And I was like, boy, you better put them gloves back on because you don't know what you're about to get he into. That's some good hits. Dude, that, was, dude, that, helmet, that, was a, that helmet was gone. I'm I mean, telling he was you, right for, hook. for a few seconds, I forgot I was watching a hockey fight. I literally <laughs> thought I was watching a UFC fight. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, it was it was impressive. And it was quick, too. I mean, like five seconds. He was already on the he was already on the ice. Um, I, I mean, and he got some good licks on him. Like I said, that first right hook that hit his helmet and his helmet literally he didn't have to pull his helmet off. No, he just punched it completely off and it literally went straight up in the air and I'm like, oh, this is going to get good. He may have um, lost a couple of teeth as well too. Dude, I mean, he got, he had several straight into the, straight into the kisser there. I, I mean, know, it was... Daniel, we had somebody asking us here they were like... I thought it was pay-per-view. Yeah. I thought it was pay-per-view yeah. there for a second because it was, I mean, it was an incredible fight to watch. That's got to uh, be my favorite. It's going to be my favorite replay of the year. Like if you could turn that into like a shorter <laughs> gift clip, that'd be perfect. We'll, we'll get on that. But uh, yeah, it, it was, that was and a scrap. It, but I don't understand. Here's the, here's the main issue. I've been saying this. They, his name is on the back of the jersey. It's Borowicki, but they start they his pronounce his name Warbieski. How do you start with the B and get a W? Borowicki to Warbieski. I don't know how they why they say it that way, but everybody says that. That's, that's the, the way some languages work. That's the weirdest. Where's he from? That's got to be not, the weirdest pronunciation. I'm not a linguist, Matt. But I'm not you can just call him Burrow Cop. There you go. Yeah, Burrow Cop's fine. Because you remember that was his nickname. So, just call him Burrow Cop. from Canada. What kind of name is that? <laughs> now, since the team has done so well with the recent stretch, seeing how the fact they're going to play Vancouver on Friday, and then they start their uh, Central Division swing with the Blackhawks yeah. on Sunday, and then you've got Dallas on Wednesday, and St. Louis on Thursday, and then, Arizona. And then on, thir- on Saturday, they're going to take on poor Arizona and just kind of 
Continue, continue. Maybe, their, uh, I, I, that's, that's rude. Arizona is Arizona is the giant Slayer team. They took Edmonton. Uh, what was it to? Uh, not Edmonton. Who was it? They they uh, Florida. They're good. They're a really good against great teams for some reason. So and Phoenix, you guys, you're, you're Arizona might suck, but they've always been really good against Nashville too. Oh, no, so. That is but, true. They have. But been. will the real question is will Arizona have a win? Buy that Preds game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been really Here's rough. On them. I'm just gonna say they traded away literally half their team in the off season, so it's rough. It's rough yes. times in the in the desert in Glendale. I know OEL they're trying to in a different jersey hurts yeah. to see. Yeah, um, they got the move Katina to Houston jerseys. eventually, Matt. You know, this year I've been thinking they need to. They're get probably going to move in the next couple of years, and I'm thinking we're kind of we're seeing the last couple of years of Arizona here. Yeah, it, it, they they probably need it, and I, I think the whole stadium situation is not helping with them being a little further out. Um, but that said, yeah, I mean, this is a crucial week and a lot of road games. I don't know if you've looked at the schedule, but you're talking like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of taking away my segment at the end That's here. That's fine. But you have this massive road stretch, only one home game, and then another three-game stint for a week. So um, if you come out of this still above 500, I'm very excited you know and you're going to have a lot of good key points up for grabs because i mean you want to get this win you want to get the dallas win that blues game is going to be a difficult one against a very hot start for the 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 st louis blues so um like i said though the fact that we come through calgary and edmonton still you know the competitive games the calgary game great comeback win that was I, I mean, an excellent win scrappy win that's what you need to do on the road fantastic i mean the team looked great and um, it was perfect. Uh, you're on a road stretch, back to back nights. The second game against Edmonton, which was what was that last night, uh, was an excellent chance to put in your backup goalie uh, because you were likely to lose. You you were not going to go two for two against Calgary and Edmonton. So you won the first one in OT. You're on a back to back stretch on on the road. A great time to put some ice time for your backup goalie because we really haven't seen much of him yet this year. Saros has been like a nine three three save percentage against uh, even strength. So it was a great time to get the backup goalie in there. Give him some ice time. He kind of got lit up. I think Edmonton had five goals maybe, but uh, it gets ice time, calm the nerves a little bit, get him settled into the season and, and uh, train him up for, uh, I guess it was Connor Ingram. So you could uh, see what he's going to be like here coming in the future to uh, give Saros a couple like, days off here. And Connor looked pretty good. I mean, he had several really good saves. Uh, yeah, oh, yes. I'll have to say he yeah. had two or three really good yeah. saves. It's not really saying too much against him that Edmonton got five goals against him. I mean, yeah. that would have happened. To you got some power play goals in there too. Like, I mean, we all know Edmonton on the power play. Like, yeah. they, they've literally had the best power play in the yeah, league, honestly, the last like two, three years. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But if you look at the last five though, a win against Minnesota, a win against San Jose, um, those are both two teams that are, you know, very, you know, very much in the potential for making the playoffs and possibly streaking. They definitely come out to hot starts. You have an Islanders win in OT. Uh, Yossi finishes that one. And then you have the Calgary one right back to back. Another OT win on the road. Like this is some good quality building stuff. You got to... This is major confidence building for the team and, right and now. This so is why this is incredible. Remember uh, at the start of the season, Kyle, we were kind of talking, well, if you were the GM, what would you do here if you were David Poyle? When I said, well, you need to kind of wait to really see where you're at. This is why you wait. Because we were thinking, sell the ship at the beginning of the season, fire everybody, put in the rebuild, sell mode. And now we're thinking, man, we're actually playing pretty good hockey here. So good thing you didn't make a rash uh, knee-jerk reaction at the start of the season. You know how I know we're playing good hockey? Because you're saying we and not you guys. Oh, oh darn man. it. You caught me. Yeah. Uh, got him. Got him. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like you also are looking at the plus minus. Is the plus minus relatively close to zero? It is. We're minus one right now after the Edmonton loss, which we you know, lost three right there. So we were actually a positive. So all these games have been very close and competitive, which is what you want. That's kind of Nashville's identity right now. You want to play those scrappy, you know, like hard fought games. And we are doing that. The defense looks much more improved. And like, yeah, it, it, like I said, it is just a very comforting sign seeing the, the actual contributing people that need to be contributing up at the top of the of the stat sheet all the metrics are pointing in the right direction just keep it up and you got and for some reason i will point this out too have you guys noticed that usually on these long road trips for the preds something clicks i I don't know what it is but like the past two seasons they had that one long road trip and it clicked and then soros came out on fire and the next thing you know they make the playoffs last year so there's some sort of weird identity thing with this team where they, something clicks, they get more close-knit, they, I don't know if they pra- can practice more. I don't really know all, of, you know, we don't have access to all that. But that said, um, something clicks for this team and they have two back-to-back road trips, basically. So we'll see where we're at at the end of this this period. But uh, you have to be very excited with the the stats and the signs of trending upward right now. Absolutely. And Matt, you better put February 24th on your calendar because Rene, as the Preds aptly announced on his birthday, will be the first Predator to have his number retired by the team. I did not know it was on his birthday. It was on his birthday. That is precious. The team also has a history of kind of giving out these big P.E.K.K.A. announcements on his birthday, apparently, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we I saw mean, this one coming. Is there anything we can say to this one? I mean, other than, well, a statue. well deserved and... I'm going to be there. I'm probably crying, shedding a tear. Yeah, so, is, I mean, like, this is... This is a first in, in uh, Pred's organization history. Uh, we probably need to be there to to see that. Uh, yeah, we have to purchase two tickets here recently. We need to purchase... We need to go ahead and purchase the Stadium Series ticket, boys, because we're going to do a block because we got to be there. And by the way, this is right before the Stadium Series one, I believe. And this is the week leading up to this. So this starts the celebration off. I mean, yeah. like, you can't get any better than that. Do this... Maybe, just maybe, can you announce that you're putting a statue up in front of Bridgestone? I would love Bro, that. Bro, if they did that and somehow were, was able to keep that under wraps and just unveiled that, like right in the lobby, right there in the corner, brought people would lose their minds. Well deserved, though. I mean, Rene is like the best goalie we've ever had. I mean, he's the regular season leader in games with Nashville, 683 games. He started 667. He's got 369 wins, 60 shutouts. He's got a 917 save average. He's had over 17,000 saves. And Matt, he is the first among Finland-born goalies in NHL season with game wins. It's he, just He's the best finished goaltender of all time. I, I mean, there's no... I mean, literally, he's no denying it. Game <laughs> like, starts, wins, shutouts, and he's tied with Tom Barresso for 19th NHL wins, and he's 19th in shutouts. I mean, this guy has had one of the best seasons of hockey in his entire life. Well, I should say seasons. You mean career. Yeah, his, career. his entire career is just been incredible and like we've mentioned before too and we won't rehash it what he did for the organization is just leaps and bounds what he was able to do what he was able to perform and basically put on the ice he was there for all the big moments i, I, I mean he's literally all the big moments you have the cup run I, I mean everything he has been there through it all for the organization and basically turning you know what he said in his own words nashville into a hockey town and uh 
kind of off the ice too. You know, he started that charity with Shea Weber, and that's uh, that's going to leave a lasting mark on uh, Hockey Town there. So, yeah, he says he catches all the highlights still at night because he's in Finland right now. So he'll try to like watch all the goalie highlights too with Soros. Oh, you know, he stays in contact with Soros. Oh yeah, it's like his boy at this point. So, um, it is just funny to see. Um, it, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. It's like we had the best Finnish goaltender of all time. We have the best Swiss player of all time. It's just funny because we we have very like niche markets, and then we have that best player. Like it's just really funny how that has happened for the Predators uh, in their organizational stretch here. But um, uh, yeah, it would be also interesting to note that I wonder where Saros is going to end up on that list for Finnish goaltenders because he has the potential because he is starting a lot younger yeah. than Peck. Where is he going to end up on the shutout list? Where is he going to end up on the all-time win list? And that is going to be something that would be really special is if he starts catching up with Pekka and then one day like they get to share that and they were both teammates and kind of that was his mentor. So I can tell you if you ask Rene, he would tell you that he wants Saros to surpass him. I, I think he does kind of because it was almost like his legacy. Like he helped train him. So it's kind of like if anyone is going to surpass me, I would love for it to be almost my own boy. Like when he made that one save one time and he's on the mic and he's like, that's my boy. Like you can't get any better than that. But uh, I mean, the fact that he is getting his Jersey retired, it's going to be hung in the rafters. It's going to be a very special night for Nashville. This is the first time it's ever happened. We will definitely be there. There's no one more deserving the Pekka. Um, No one's going to fault that, but get your tissues ready, Matt. I think you might, even you might be like, I do, get, I do get emotional over hockey for sure. He so. gets emotional over hockey and he also gets emotional over like the great players like leaving. Yeah. So this yeah. is this is one night that yeah, uh, you, might see, one you might see like one just come down the cheek a little bit from Matt. So uh you can't you can't fault him on that though. So Matt, what stats you got for us tonight? Yeah, I'll leave you guys with a couple good ones. Um I'm all on the Vegas train, baby. I'm I'm all in. So two, two. let me tell you, Are you uh, all in so much you're gonna move there. No, that would be cool though. That'd be cool, but uh, no. But let me tell you a couple of Vegas stats since we're since we're uh, pumping their tires up here. Vegas now has had in their history fifteen straight overtime wins. They have not lost in overtime, and uh, or at least yeah, it's fifteen straight. I don't know if they've never lost, but their record is fifteen straight. That's pretty crazy, and that is an NHL all time record. So, uh, in doing that, also they have now reached their two hundredth win in uh, franchise history, and they're the second fastest franchise to reach that two hundred win mark. I uh, forget which the other one was, maybe Ottawa or something. It's been a long time ago, but uh, it's excellent for Vegas. They're, but you know, when you come in with a hot, a hot, uh, hot lineup and uh, have success early, that's how it happens. And speaking of success, I uh, gotta throw it back to my sweet Detroit Red Wings. I don't think we've mentioned them, but maybe once in this episode. That's, Is it rookies? That's simply not enough. Of course it's rookies. <laughs> We're talking about my boy, Lucas. Lucas Raymond. Let me tell you, there's only been three Red Wings age 19 or younger have had four plus point nights. Uh, and that is Gordy Howe, Steve Eiserman, and now rookie Lucas Raymond. And he's absolutely been on a tear, including him and Moritz Sider both. Uh, in fact, they are, at the time I took this, they were the number one and two uh, rookies in the league in points, and they're both Red yeah. Wings rookies. So uh, the Red Wings have been quite a good team this year. I mean, they're not, you know, I don't know about playoffs, but they're they're looking... <laughs> they're 500 really, hockey right here's, now. Here's the deal. They're trending in the right direction, and we knew this was going to happen. And a couple years from now, they're going to be competitive. I, I mean, just give it some time. Good. Yeah. You have a lot of young pieces. Yeah, it's, it's looking, as a Red Wings fan, it's, a good rebuild. it's looking good it's this year. It's a good rebuild mode. We're, we're liking where we're going, Matt, so... 
Right now, Matt, we're on par with you guys. That's right. Just one notch above us, but uh, that's all right. I have two stats from the Predators. Ready? Oh, wow. Not okay. Dude, yeah. Not that. Not that. Dude. So you're going to love this. These are both from Adam Vingan. Um, Matt Duchesne last season had six goals, 13 points in 34 games played. This season so far, Matt Duchesne, four goals, eight points in 10 games played. He has come out firing. And remember, we even said, even in the preseason, Matt Duchesne just looked different. And the yeah. move to wing yeah. is 100% been that's, the best move. That's what clicked. He, well, here's the deal. He is such a skilled player, too. Putting him on the wing just makes more sense. Like, he can utilize, like, his crafty. He's very crafty. Like, I, if you see the highlights, he always does those, like, quick back and forth, you know, uh, emotions. And he can create a lot of space on the end board. So, that said, that's interesting. No, Oh, and by the way, another fun stat. Just for you to throw back, you know, kind of to smear the McDavid thing. Leon Dreisaitl has 10 goals in the last four games against the Predators. Wow. He averages right now 2.5 goals a game against the Predators. It's too he much, pretty much man, owns baby. Them. Yeah, he, 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 he's basically destroyed the Predators the last, uh, the four outings, but. Makes you remember when we used to actually play well against the Oilers and win. Yeah. That was before McDavid, baby. No, actually it, it was, was, it was, it was, it was at the end of Peck's. Kind of like peak. If yeah, that I makes just, sense. I'm just throwing the McDavid. I think jab it, in there. I think it was um actually I think it was the year that he won the Vesna, actually. That was the last kind of like snap because there was like a huge stretch where basically Pekka had like stonewalled him for like five or six straight seasons. So um it's kinda like the Blackhawks. I, I'm still thinking that Pekka has just somehow contributed to this Blackhawks situation. He he started the shutout in the playoffs, which kicked them out, which started the steamroll all the way down to where we are right now as the Blackhawks. That's just my hot take for the night. Just kidding. But Well, part of the intro to our show says we do the occasional hot take or two, so I guess that's one for the night. But guys, that's the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to listen to more of our episodes, you can find us at Music City Gold on Twitter or on iTunes, or you can find us at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Until next time, we'll see you guys on the ice. You've been listening to Music City Gold on the Penalty Box Radio Network. We'd love to interact with you on Twitter. The show can be found at Music City Gold. You can find Kyle at Kyle Hancock, Daniel at Steve Dan Drum, and Matt at MattBain31. Past episodes of the show can be found by subscribing to Music City Gold or Penalty Box Radio on iTunes or at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the ice.